I mentioned last Sunday at the start of my homily that there is an ancient tradition going back to the Middle Ages that you tell a joke during a homily during the Easter season. This is called the Rises Pasqualis, which means kind of the Easter laugh. And it's meant to fill us with some joy during this Easter season. So I have one for you today. We all know, I think, that Jesus was buried in a tomb belonging to someone else. So we know from John's Gospel that Jesus Christ was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Now at Jesus' time, burial tombs were very expensive, and Joseph of Arimathea gave this burial tomb to Jesus, and it was an unused tomb, so a very expensive tomb, and no one had used it before. So after Jesus had been buried in the tomb, Joseph of Arimathea's friends came to him and started to ask him and question him and give him a hard time and say, Joseph, why would you give this man your tomb? Don't you know how expensive the tomb is and it's a brand new tomb? Where are you going to find another tomb that's so beautiful, so nice in the rest of Jerusalem? Why would you possibly give him your burial tomb to use? And Joseph of Arimathea responded to his friends, Oh, it wasn't a big deal at all. It was no problem. I knew he just needed it for the weekend. So Easter, of course, is a time of joy. We celebrate the joy of the Lord's resurrection. And this second Sunday of Easter, our joy is in the mercy of God. This Sunday is Divine Mercy Sunday. This Sunday we celebrate, we remember the fact that God is merciful, that God always forgives us when we come to Him, that God always shows us His mercy, His healing, His forgiveness. This divine mercy is something we contemplate today. And it's quite providential that the Gospel today is the Gospel of Thomas, the so-called Doubting Thomas. And Thomas, in our tradition, gets a bit of a bad reputation, right? He's known for doubting, Doubting Thomas, we call him. But although Thomas's faith was not perfect, it was in need of growth, we can learn a lot about Thomas, especially when it comes to divine mercy, the way that divine mercy, God's healing, God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's power works in our life, we can learn a lot from Thomas and the story we've heard in today's Gospel. We're all familiar, I think, with this beautiful encounter between Jesus and Thomas that we heard in today's Gospel from the Gospel of John. So Jesus, as we heard, was risen from the dead. And Jesus appears to the other disciples. He shows himself to them. He says to them, peace be with you. But Thomas, of course, was not there. And the next day when the other disciples went to go share the news that the Lord had risen, Thomas, of course, then expresses his doubt. And he says, unless I put my fingers in the, in the holes in his hands, my finger in the wound in his side, I shall not believe. And then the next day, Jesus Christ appears again and Thomas is there. And Jesus comes to Thomas and gives him exactly what he's looking for, gives him the opportunity to put his hands in the fingers in his, his fingers in the holes in his hands and in his side. Now, if you Google or do like a Google image search, search for Thomas or doubting Thomas, you'll find paintings, sculptures of Thomas, and he oftentimes has his hand like right in the side of Jesus, or he's poking in the, the holes in Jesus's hands. And if you read the gospel carefully, Thomas doesn't actually do that. He doesn't actually go ahead and poke Jesus's holes in his hand or in his side. Jesus offers him this opportunity, but seeing Jesus risen from the dead was enough. So Jesus gives Thomas what he's looking for to overcome Thomas's doubt. 
Jesus kind of scolds him a bit for saying that it's greater to believe without seeing. And then Thomas ultimately gives this great affirmation of faith, my Lord and my God. Now in this interaction between the risen Christ and Thomas, we learn, I think, two lessons about the way that divine mercy works in our life. The first lesson, although Jesus's grace is always there for us, we need sometimes to ask Jesus for what we need. Although Jesus always wants to help us, to heal us, sometimes we have to kind of point Jesus in the right direction. We have to ask Jesus for his help. We probably have similar experiences with friends. We encounter a friend maybe one day who's looking a bit gloomy, a, a little bit down, and we might ask our friend, you know, how are you? Is everything okay? And our friend, or maybe we've done the same, we just respond, I'm fine, I'm okay. And we can tell that our friend is not fine, our friend is not okay. But if that friend one day has the courage to open up and say, look, I'm actually not doing so well today because I had a friend of mine maybe pass away, or my parents, one of my parents are sick. If they're open with us about what's going on, then we can talk to them and maybe offer them some help. The same thing happens with God in our life. God, of course, knows everything that's going on inside our heart, but from this interaction between the risen Christ and Thomas, we learn that God, that Jesus wants us to come to him with our needs, to be honest, to be vulnerable with Jesus, to say what we need, to express the deepest desires of our heart. And Thomas here is a great example of this. Thomas is very open. Thomas is able to express his doubt to say he can't quite believe in the resurrection of Jesus unless he receives some tangible proof. And as a result of this, we see that Jesus gives Thomas exactly what he's looking for. Jesus doesn't scold Thomas right away to say, okay, I'm not gonna give you kind of the proof you're looking for, but rather Jesus offers to him his hands and his sides to give him that proof. So that I think is the first lesson we learn. Although Jesus is always there to help us, to offer us his grace, mercy, and forgiveness, Jesus wants us to come to him, perhaps in prayer, to express honestly the needs, the burdens we carry in our heart. And it's then and only then when God's mercy can truly work in our life and transform us. Second lesson we learn from Thomas in this beautiful interaction with the risen Christ is that divine mercy has an incredible power to transform us to change us completely, to change what used to be a weakness in our life into a great gift or a great strength in our life. Thomas, we see at the beginning of the gospel, is someone who doubts. He has weak faith. But look at the end of the gospel. After Thomas has encountered the risen Christ, Thomas exclaims the following, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. This is a very significant um, expression that Thomas is saying to Jesus. This is actually the deepest, the most explicit kind of um, affirmation of the divinity of Jesus Christ that we find in the entire New Testament. My Lord, not only my Lord, but also my God. Thomas is able to see Jesus for whom he is, that Jesus is not only a man, a human being, but is ultimately God. Again, this is the highest declaration of faith that we find in G about Jesus in the New Testament, and it's coming from someone who just a short time earlier expressed such doubt. So because Thomas was open and honest about, with the Lord about what he needed, he was transformed to someone who had great doubt, 
to someone who expresses the deepest faith in Jesus that we find in the New Testament. What was a weakness in Thomas has been transformed into a strength because of God's transforming divine mercy. Later church tradition goes a bit further than this. Later church tradition tells us that Thomas, after this encounter with the risen Lord, went on to be a great missionary. And actually the tradition goes that he went to Kerala in India and became a missionary there. And many Catholics, many Christians, trace their roots of their faith back to Thomas, the one who had been a doubter, to ultimately the one who had this great faith in Jesus Christ. Today then on Divine Mercy Sunday, let us come to Jesus with what we need. Let us expose to Jesus or be vulnerable with Jesus the desires of our hearts, our wounds, the things we carry in our hearts that we would like Jesus to fix. Mercy, of course, comes from the Latin word misericordia, which means a heart, cordia, for the miserable, miseria, like for the people who are in need of help, the people who are suffering. God's heart is always there for those who suffer. God's heart is there for us when we are in need of something, when we need some help, some strength, some healing in our life. So today at Mass, perhaps during the moment of consecration, let us just tell Jesus in our heart what we truly need. What do you want Jesus to heal in your life? As you sit here this afternoon, what burdens are on your heart? Maybe a struggle in a relationship, something you wish would happen in your life. Maybe you're concerned about a loved one or a family member. We learn from the example of St. Thomas that for divine mercy to work in our life and transform us, we must first be open with Jesus. Let us try to do that today.